Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to episode 481. Um, concluding tonight with our episode, The Palace of Versailles, part two. So Louis XVI and the palace during the revolution. Louis XVI was constrained by the worsening financial situation of the kingdom for making major changes to the palace so that he primarily focused on improvements to the royal apartments. Louis XVI gave Marie Antoinette the Petit Trignon in 1774. The queen made extensive changes to the interior and added a theater, the Theater de la Reine. She also totally transformed the arboretum planted during the reign of Louis XV to what became known as the Hamou de la Reine. This was a picturesque collection of buildings modeled after a royal French hamlet where the queen and her courtier could play as being peasants for the day. Could you imagine? The queen was the Petite Trignon in 1789 when she first learned of the beginning of the French Revolution in July of 1789. The palace was the site of the signings of three treaties of the Peace of Paris in 1783 to which the United Kingdom recognized the independence of the United States of America. The palace and its surroundings was the scene of some of the most dramatic movements of the early French Revolution. In the spring of 1789, the king summoned the Estates General of 1789 representatives of the nobility, clergy, and other ordinary citizens to Versailles to persuade them to support his program to rescue the royal finances. The palace did not have any rooms large enough, so the meeting was held in the Menu Plaisir du Roi, a large royal depot in the town close to the palace. When the meeting began on May 9, 1789, disputes immediately arose between the royal government, the nobility, and the clergy, and the delegates of the third estate who represented the middle class. Louis XVI, against the advice of his Minister of Finance, decided to lock the third estate members out of the meeting. The third estate members met instead in an enclosed tennis court where they declared themselves a national assembly and took an oath to form a democratic government where all citizens were created equal. The king and the queen learned of the storming of the Bastille in Paris on July 14th of 1789. While they were at the palace and remained isolated there while the French Revolution in Paris spread. With growing anger in Paris, this led to the Woman's March on Versailles on October 5th, 1789. A cloud of several thousand men and women protesting the high price and scarcity of bread marched from the markets of Paris to Versailles. They took weapons from the city armory, besieged the palace, and compelled the king and royal family and the members of the National Assembly to return with them to Paris following the day. As soon as the royal family departed, the palace was closed to wait their return. In 1792, the convention of the new revolutionary government ordered the transfer of all paintings and sculptures from the palace to the Louvre. In 1783, the convention declared the abolition of the monarchy and ordered all royal property in the palace to be sold at auction. 
The auction took place August 25, 1793, and on August 11, 1794, the furnishings and the art of the palace, including the furniture, mirrors, baths, and kitchen equipment, were sold in 17,000 lots. All fleur-de-lis and royal emblems on the buildings were champered or chiseled off. The empty buildings were turned into storehouses for furnishings and art, and all the libraries were confiscated from the nobility and given back to the people. The empty grand apartments were open for tours beginning in 1793, with a small museum and an art school created in some of the empty rooms. So let's move to the 19th century in the Chateau de Versailles. In 1804, Napoleon Bonaparte became an emperor of France. He considered making Versailles his residence, but abandoned the idea due to the cost of its renovation. So prior to his marriage to Marie-Louise in 1810, he had the Grand Trignon restored and refurbished as a springtime residence for himself and his family in the style as it is seen today. So in 1815, with the final downfall of Napoleon, Louis XIII, the younger brother of Louis XIV, became king and considered returning the royal residence to Versailles, where he had been born. He ordered the restoration of the royal apartments, but the task and cost was way too great. Neither he nor his successor, Charles X, ever lived at the Chateau de Versailles. The French Revolution of 1830 brought a new monarch, Louis-Philippe, to power and a new ambition to Versailles. He did not reside at Versailles, but began the creation of the Museum of the History of France, dedicated to all the glories of France. Located in the south wing of the palace, which had been used to house some members of the royal family, the museum was begun in 1833, and inaugurated on June 30, 1837. Its most famous rooms in the gallery de Bastille, the Hall of Battles, which lies on most of the length of the second floor. Louis-Philippe had the far end of the south wing <coughs> of the Court Royale de demolished and rebuilt to match the Gabrielle wing of 1780, which gave greater uniformity of appearance to the front entrance. The museum project largely came to a halt when Louis-Philippe was overthrown in 1848. Emperor Napoleon III used the palace on occasion as a stage for grand ceremonies. One of the most lavish was the banquet that he hosted for Queen Victoria in the Royal Opera of 1755. During the Franco-German War of 1870-1871, the palace was occupied by the general staff of the victorious German army. Parts of the chateau, including the Gallery of Mirrors, were turned into a military hospital. The creation of the German Empire combined Prussia with the surrounding German states under William I. So let's move to the 20th century. The 20th century saw the beginning of restoration efforts at the palace, first led by Pierre de Nohac, poet and scholar, and the first conservator. He began his work in 1892. The conservation and restoration was interrupted by two world wars, but has continued 
till the present day. The palace briefly returned to the world stage on June 1919, when the Treaty of Versailles formally ended the First World War. This was signed in the Hall of Mirrors. Between 1925 and 1928, the American philanthropist and multimillionaire John D. Rockefeller gave $2,166,000, the equivalent of about $35 million a day today, to aid in the refurbishing of the palace. In addition, 18th century weaving techniques were revived to Versailles to aid in the window treatments decoration. The two greatest achievements of this initiative are seen today in wall hangings and bed dress. Additionally, this project, which took over seven years to achieve, required over 700 kilograms of silver and gold thread. One of the more costly endeavors for the museum and France has been to repurchase as much of the furniture and accessories as possible. However, because furniture with a royal provenance and especially that made for Versailles, is a highly sought-after commodity on the international and commercial market. And let's finish up today with the 21st century. In 2003, a new restoration initiative, the Grand Versailles Project, was started, which began with the replantation of the gardens, which had lost over 10,000 trees during Hurricane Lothar in December of 1999. One part of the initiative, the restoration of the Hall of Mirrors, was completed in 2006, and then the Royal Opera in 2009. Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing off. Thanks for listening. Please pass it on. Anyone interested in history, the history of France, the history of Versailles, um, and history in general. Thanks for listening.